0: Welcome to a night depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join us tonight, man. I guarantee you that today is the day in which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad in it. I know you came expecting the rain of the word, a right now word, a word in due season that will ultimately change your life forever. I guarantee you, if that's what you came for, you have come to the right place tonight. I'm telling you right now. I know this word will impact your life tonight. It will change you. It will will begin to shape you and mold you in the way that God would have you to go. Are you ready? Ready lean all the way in? Come on, jump in, buttercup. Now's the time. Now it's the season. Now it's this designated moment. Your appointed time, your Moed, God's appointed time for you in this life, in this season, in this time, is right now in the name of Jesus. If you will receive it, just reach your hands out right now and just receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Say, this is my time. This is my season. This is my appointed moment to receive all that God has for me in Jesus name. Amen. We're gonna go ahead and make our confession. We're gonna, I'm gonna make my confession we're going to pray, make our confession. Again, we're going to jump right into the word in the name of Jesus. I make this declaration in the court of Isaiah 61 and one which says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord a day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn and to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. From one in the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for this moment, this set time, this time of encounter, kingdom encounter with you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that our lives will forever be changed. Father, we know that there will be a set, there will be a change on today. There's gonna be a transformation today. There's gonna be healing today. There's gonna be breakthroughs today. There's gonna be people are gonna get set free and people who are gonna be made whole and people who are gonna be healed from the crown of their heads to the very soles of their feet. There's gonna be breakthroughs and breakouts on every side now father we thank you for it and we covenant with you in advance for it for miracles signs wonders manifestations of the gifts of the holy spirit as you see fit to you alone we give all the glory all the honor and all the praise as we make this declaration that the kingdom of heaven is at hand in this land the kingdom of heaven is at land in our homes the kingdom of god is at hand in our workplaces in our in our marriages with our families with our children in our finances the kingdom of God is at hand, Father God, in our governments, in our provinces, in our cities, our states, in our nations, the kingdom of God is at hand now. In the name of Jesus, glory be to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. All right, we're gonna go ahead and make our confession together, and then we're gonna jump right into the word in Jesus' name. Say this with me, say, This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me what I should believe. It tells me how I should walk. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Say that with me. The Word of God is the most important important thing in life. In fact, man, we had a word of the Lord at the beginning of this year, 2022. We've been talking about it. We've been preaching about it. We've been sharing about it in the name of Jesus. That says this, that 2022 will be a year of correction, direction, protection, and perfection. Now that word correction means to raise back up to a standard of truth, which will ultimately lead you to, in a new direction, which means it, it will point you in the way that you should go for your ultimate protection, which will keep you from all hurt, harm or danger, all evil, destruction and plague, to bring you to a place of perfection, means that you're complete, whole, lacking, no good thing. In fact, God told me to tell you, this is a time of an awakening. Yes, he says, this is a time of the awakening in accordance to Romans chapter 13, verse 11. This is what he said just before the broadcast. He says to tell my people this, he says in accordance to Romans chapter 13, verse 11, I'm reading from the Amplified, it says this. Besides this now, you know what a critical hour this is. This is a critical hour right now. How it is high time for you to awake. To awake means to shake yourself and awake. Out of your sleep, rouse to a reality. For salvation, final deliverance is nearer to us than when we first believe. Your salvation, your deliverance, your wholeness, your completeness, your sanctification, all those things. Are closer now than from the moment that you first believe. He says, and uh, where you first believe, where you are here to and trusted in and relied on Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Which means that your salvation, your healing is here today, your deliverance is here today, your breakthrough is here today, your appointed season and time is here today, your promotion in the things of God. It's here today is here today. he says, but I need you to wake up to the reality of this is that time and this is that season so so many people just kind of blase blase blue just kind of floating through life just waiting on something to happen and nothing just happens, nothing just happens. And I need you to understand that today in the name of Jesus. He told me on last week, he says, I need you to sound the alarm, sound the alarm to my people, to let my people know in accordance to 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, He says, you're praying and asking me to heal your land. You're praying and asking me to do all these things in your family. You're praying and asking me to do all these things in your finances with your resources. He says, and I'm telling you this, is, I'm telling you to sound the alarm for a time of repentance. He says, repent means to change your mind is is a decision where you make a decision to change your mind which will change your direction which will bring about protection to bring you to a place of perfection what did sound an alarm second chronicles 7 14 says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. I've heard people pray, God, humble me. God does not humble you. He says you humble yourself. Now, situations and circumstances can come in your life, not brought on by God, but situations and circumstances can come on in your life that will cause you to become more humble. What is that word, humble? It means where you have submitted yourself to the teachings and instructions of God, and whatever it is he tells you to do, you're willing to do. Not that he brought those things on you to cause you to force you to become humble, but through those situations, we tend to become more humble when we have no other choice, no other option, but to submit to the things of God. But you know what? If you live a life of humility to the point where you're saying, God, I'm so dependent upon you every day, I'm gonna humble myself. I'm gonna submit myself to whatever your teachings and instruction says, whatever you lead and guide me and direct me to do, whatever you lead and guide me to say or not to say, That and that only will I do. Did you know that Jesus was so humble that he only said what he heard his father say and he only did what he saw his father do? And he says Jesus was the perfect example for you and for me on how to live life as born again believers operating according to the kingdom of God in in this world, in this province, in this nation, in your community, on your job. In Jesus name, he says, if my people will make the decision to humble themselves and pray, you know it's funny that so many people use prayers as a last resort, he said, some people said man has it come down to that man it's always about that if you operate according to the kingdom, if you want to have. Find out what your marching orders are each day, man. You get up in the morning with great anticipation to go see the King of Kings, to go see the Lord of Lords, to enter to, to commune with the with the Father. Because see, you can only see so far, but He has the five thousand foot view, and He knows everything that you don't know. He knows things that are going to happen long before you know it happened. And when you allow Him to lead you and guide you by His Holy Spirit, guess what happened? You will be at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things and getting the right results but it only happens when you make a decision to do this to humble yourself and pray pray means making supplications intercession giving thanks when you make a decision to do that then what begins to happen then you release him to do a thing in you and do a work through you in the name of Jesus it also goes on to say this it says if you will humble yourself and pray turn which means you're repentant. You've turned as a result of what you heard in prayer. You've turned as a result of what you've seen in prayer. You turn from your way and you've purpose on purpose daily to seek his face, to commune with him, to fellowship with him, to walk with him throughout the day and just talk to him about every situation and every circumstance for every decision. Should I drive this way? What am I going to eat for lunch today? What should I wear today? What is it, What What should I avoid today? Father, what's my assignment for today? When you get before God and you begin to ask, he will answer all those questions and so much more when you make a decision to humble yourself and pray, turn from your wicked ways, purpose to seek his face. He says, and then, he says, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sins and I will heal your land. He didn't say if everybody was doing it, he says, but if my people would do it, he says, because you ask, I'll do it. Because you ask, I'll, I'll bring it to pass. When you, Because when you get in prayer and you're making intercession or you're standing, in the gap between two to come to a common goal, you're finding out what God's perfect will is concerning that situation, and then what are you going to do? You're going to pray and make petitions and supplications and intercessions to God for those specific things. It's it, it's a partnership between us and God in the name of Jesus. He says so. The, he says I want you to sound the alarm to tell them to wake up because this is your time of awakening. And he says, and then I want you to repent, turn, sound the alarm to repent and turn, make a decision today to turn and go a different way. Then he says the next thing, he says, I want you to return back to your first love. He says, so many people have gotten away from their first love. You know what your first love is. You know, kind of like when you first met, you know, that special someone and everything and, and and you know, you gave them the googly eyes and they gave you the googly eyes and, and you liked them some things about them. They like some things about you and you decided that you, you wanted to get together and get to know each other better. You know, the interesting thing about relationships is he, some, the world would tell you to get in a relationship to find out what you can get out of the relationship with God. God's in the kingdom. The kingdom is all about get finding out what you can bring to someone who who is a life partner. So, you know, the thing about dating, see, let me, oh, this is good. He says, the thing about dating is this. When you practice dating and breaking up, dating and pra- breaking up, What you're really practicing is divorce, because what will happen is I'm with you, but when things ain't right, all I got to do is back out, go a different way. And most people, even in the body of Christ, are practicing the divorce, even when they call themselves dating, because dating was with the intentions of marriage, not just to see because I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to be lonely. Can I share a word with you? You can be with somebody every day. You can be with a different somebody every single day, like a bag of trail mix. You got a different flavor of each day, each night, each evening. Can I tell you something? Only thing that's going to do is highlight or magnify just how alone you are because you'll do everything you want to do. You go to the movies, you eat, you go back, you cut on Netflix, you Netflix and chill. Next thing you know, your drawers is on the floor. And you are wondering what the heck happened. How did I end up in this situation? Because you begin to let something that the world says you have to to be with somebody in order to matter you have to be with somebody to 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 to, to, to in order to have significance but i'm here to tell you about the spirit of the lord that when you you plus god is the majority see how do you know when you're ready to be in a relationship when you don't feel like you have to be Did you missed that part how do you know you're ready to be in a relationship when you don't feel like you have to be. See, what what I learned in my, in my single time, when I was had been single, I got to the point, I didn't want to date anymore. I didn't want nothing else to do with relationships. I had good relationship, I had some bad relationship, and I had some downright crazy relationship. I was like, God, I don't want nothing else to do with no relationships. I'm good on that. He says I'm gonna teach you something about relationships. And what I had to learn first is, until I understood what it meant to love God, And how much God loves me, it was hard for me to give out something I didn't have I didn't know how to give I knew what it means. Technically, what it meant to love other people, but he taught me when you understand how much I love when how much God says when you understand how much I love you, you will never settle for anything less. In God's best because you'll be able to pick you'll be able to pick it up like the smell of fresh apple pie. When you understand how much God loves you and how much He wants He He has given to you and how much He's 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 laid out for you and how much He wants to commune with you and the fellowship with you. I'm gonna tell you what I did. What I did is this when I was when I was single and, and I, I didn't want anything to do with relationships I learn, God and I went on this journey and we went on a journey and what he did, he had to teach me to get all that old, unprofitable, unbeneficial thought processes about what relationships were and what they were not. What it meant to be in a relationship, Who should, who would qualify, who was qualified to be in, I should qualify to be in a relationship with, and who, what was my value? What was I really bringing to the table? Who was the, who who was the real me? And until I realized who the real me was, all I was gonna be able to give you is is a shadow of what it is I, I, I really was. What ended up happening was this. Well, after we went on this journey, God and I, I began to be on his journey. Well, God was like what like I would rush home every day just to come home to spend time with God fellowship with him and spend time with him in his word and as I spend time in his word and talk with him and he's talking to me and we're fellowship one with another guess what happened all those old layers of who I used to think I was began to break off. And the more that stuff was peeled off, like an onion, to get down to the core of who I really was, by the time I got down to the core of who I really was, I realized I had sold myself short for so many years. And guess what? God says I don't want that to be you. Not another day. He says, stop, stop trying to chase after him. He after him, talking about the guy, ladies, you're chasing after. I, I stop trying to chase after her. Uh, fellas for the females he says, but when you your relationship is is like the cross whatever your relationship is Horizontally well will, vertically will be the same way. It will be Horizontally until you have a tight relationship with this way your relationships this way won't be tight Oh, yeah, they'll be okay for a while kind of like this They be okay for a while But then as time goes on and you become more familiar with the person familiar with with those things. And you say, I ain't putting up with that mess because I, I don't want that. Bobby did that, Tommy did that, Willie did that. And I said, I wasn't gonna do that anymore. But see, if till you get all that old baggage out, you're carrying Billy and Tommy and Willie and James and, and, and Bobo and, and Boo Boo and all them on your backpack. So when you're presenting yourself to somebody else, what they don't realize is all those people are still very much on the inside of you based off of your encounters and experiences with them. But can I tell you something? When you make a decision that you are going to return to your first love, when you're gonna make a decision that I'm turning from my old ways, when you're making the decision, it's time for me to wake up out of my sleep and out of my slumber into the, the reality that my deliverance and my wholeness is here now, you will never settle for less. Thank God's best another day in your life. Jesus is saying this to the church. He says, return to your first love. He says this in Revelation chapter two, verse one. He says this, he says to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labors, your patience and you cannot bear those who are evil he says and you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not and have found them liars and have preserved persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary so jesus is telling them all these things i call this is is the sugar sandwich approach he gives you the the sugar on the front end, he gives you the, the meat in the middle, and then he gives you sugar on the back end. So he's giving he's exhorting you, he's correcting you, and then he's exhorting you, which makes it a lot easier for you to swallow. Now he told me to share this with you before I go bored. You said, but Pastor, those those are all the things that happened with you. What was the end result of when you stop settling for less than God's best? When you stop just allowing anybody to partake. Of your time, of your energies, of your efforts, and of your resources. When, when that happened, when I call it my Damascus Road moment, and that happened, and I was able to see what was real and what was fake, and what 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 I had settled for for so many years, I spent so much time fellowship with God that when God presented my my now uh, wife Joanne, I didn't want anything to do with her. I told God this, I said, man, it's just be me and you. This has been the greatest times and experiences of my life. Why would I want to mess it up with somebody else? He says, because now it's time for you to, to put into practice, everything you have learned during this course of the time that you've been with me. And guess what? When I made a decision to step out and she, and he presented her, but he had already dealt with her before before her and I ever started talking. He had already dealt with her first. Lady, stop trying to position yourself before a man if God hasn't positioned that presented you to that man through his prayer life because he got to have a prayer life and 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 pre- and fellas that she god hasn't presented her to presented you to her in her prayer life because god wants a win-win for both of y'all he don't want one of y'all to win and the other one to lose or you to lose and her to win he wants both it come to a win-win situation and when is god you don't have to force it When is god Man, I'm telling you, you know, all the things that we went through before we even started dating. We went through a 40 day love there. We did uh, mar- premarital counseling twice with each other. We did a love there that individually or by ourselves. We fasted and prayed for three days. And that's just before we said, OK, we're going to date. Why? Because we had to know for sure that it was all God and he's saying the same thing here when you make a decision that you that you love him and that you you, you, you're holding on to the things of God and you're with your labors and you're being patient and you can't stand that which e- is evil and anything that's contaminated. He says, he says, and you can do all those things. But see, the thing about it is, is even though that's the way it started, guess what we have to do? We have to keep working at that thing. See, marriage works when you work it. The moment you stop working your marriage, your marriage will stop working. Jesus said all those good things about the the, the church of Ephesus. He says, but this, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Didn't say you didn't still love him, but he's not the first anymore. He's not first place in, in, in relationships. When you're married, not dating. When you're married, not dating. When you're married, not dating. Because see, ladies, I'm going to tell you this. If you give guys all the benefits of being married without being married, he has no motivation to marry you because he's already getting all the benefits. Say that again? Okay, I'll say it for one more time. If you give a guy all the benefits of being married to him without being in marriage with him, he has no motivation to marry you. Why? Because he already gets all the benefits. He gets your money, he gets your time, he gets your energy, and guess what? If you... If you are still slipping around sleeping with him and he's getting a, he's getting a little something something on the side, he has all the benefit. He has no motivation to marry you at all. Can I tell you another word, ladies? And guys, if they will sleep with you before you get married, it was easier for them to sleep with someone else after you get married. What you say? If you will sleep with them, if they'll sleep with you before you get married, it's easier for them to sleep with someone else after you get married, why? No boundaries. No boundaries. If I love you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna violate you. If I love you, I'm not gonna rob you. If I love you, I'm never gonna to try to do anything to hurt you. And Jesus is saying this to the body of Christ. He says, "Return back to your first love." He says, "You have left your first love." He says, "Remember, therefore, from where you have." Fallen and repent, make a decision, change your mind and go back and do the first works. Go back and do the first works. What was the first works? Man, it was when you first got born again, you told everybody about the fact about Jesus. You you preached to a doorpost. You preached to anything about Jesus. Jesus, 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 out of your mouth. I had somebody say to me one time, when I first got born again, they said this to me. I was shocked. I didn't know somebody would ever say this. They said, you traded (laughs) in... You, ha- you traded in one mistress for another mistress. I said, excuse me? They said, oh, before all you knew, you knew females. They said, but when you got born again, for real, for real, you traded in all that stuff. And all you knew after that point was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, uh, I don't understand what the problem is. But they had a serious problem with that. Jesus is saying this. He says, return back. To your first love. He says, remember therefore from whence you have fallen. He says, and do the first words, so or I will come and quickly remove your lamps from its place, unless you make a decision and repent. Make a decision to turn, make a decision and to return back to him. See the correction, God corrects those whom he loves and that's what he's telling us. He says last week we were talking about slippery slopes and how it's so easy for people even for people in the body of Christ even for people who stand behind the very desk to get off and they begin to lead people away in error. He says but that's not what I have for you. What I'm saying to you is I have a way for you. I have a Way of escape for you, the situations, the circumstances that you're in right now, and God says, "I have a way of escape." He says, "But you can't have hard to do this thing. You have to make a decision to humble yourself, pray, turn from your ways, seek His face, and 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 purpose to seek His face." What happens when you seek God's face? You get His knowledge, you get His insight and instruction, and you also get wisdom wisdom is right use and exercise of godly knowledge he's telling you big turn return back to me return back to your first love he says because who he loves proverbs 3 11 says who he loves and quote the, the, the passage translation says my child when the lord speak to you never take his words lightly and never be upset when he corrects you why For the father's discipline only comes from his passionate love and pleasures for you. Even when it seems like his corrections is harsh, still it's better than a father on earth ever has given to his child. God is not mad at you. God don't hate you. See, this is the thing. You can hate what somebody does without hating that person. I may not agree with everything that you do, but it doesn't mean I hate you at all. What it means is, is I know there's a better way. And my instructions as a pastor, as a leader, as a brother, as a a member of the body of Christ is to show you a much better way. See, God uses his word to correct. He doesn't, he doesn't use calamity. He doesn't use tragedy. He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. He says this, Every scripture of God is God-breathed, given by his inter- inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience. What did he say? His, the scriptures are used to be able to do that. And why does he use the scriptures to do that? It, and it's for your training in righteous and holy living, and conforming to God's will and thought, purpose and action, so that he gives you his words for all to be able to bring about. It's, it's profitable for you for instruction. He gives you instruction. It gives you. It reproofs. It gives conv, conviction of sins, not con, condemnation of sin conviction of sin he says for correction of errors and or in discipline and obedience and for your training in righteousness so that so, to bring you to conformity conform to his will and thoughts and purpose and in action doesn't that sound a whole lot like Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse three, where it says, he says, don't be conformed or fashioned out of this world's way of doing things, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind by the word of God, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God so that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life but the thing about it is he says he says but you got to watch out for these great pretenders there's some great pretenders out here right now and and according to Matthew chapter 24 verse number four it, it talks about how in these last days, and why did we take this time to share this message about relationships and why did we take this time to because he's yes, he says, because one of the main tools the adversary is is this deceiving and misleading so many people, men and women, not just women, men and women is through relationships and when you and and making you feel like you're alone and making you feel like you don't matter and making you feel like man your life is over because you're not with this person and you're not with that person and trying to take you back to old relationships that you had. you know the funny thing about it is is when I when I used to be before I got born again for real for real and I learned how how to how to date God's way and how to live God's way and how to be married God's way I had different relationships and you know I had this one rule the moment you became an ex you there was no there was no uh coming back from being an ex because if you became an ex that means we went through every process and every possible way to try to try to bring restoration and healing and restructure to it so if I ever see anybody who I used to 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 talk to or whatever the case may be I don't have this moment like I I remember when we used I, I don't have those my thing is that was yesterday. Today is a new day. I don't think about it. I don't talk about it. I don't live in that moment. Even when people say, remember when we, I have no comprehension of what you're talking about because I live in today. The man who used to do those things died years ago. He died when he when he surrendered his life to Jesus. He died when he made a decision or he repented and says, I made a decision from this day forward. I'm going to live God's way. I'm going to date God's way. I'm going to operate God's way. Because see, there's so in this last days, one of the main things that Jesus warned the church about, and this is where we're going to begin this, this message, but we're not going to end it. All this is introductory into the great pretender is this in Matthew chapter 24 and verse four, talking about the passion translation, Jesus is explaining to his disciples about signs, his disciples asked, What's an indicator of your return? Jesus said this to them. He says, and Jesus answered and says, at that time, at the time of uh, end of this age, at that time, deception will run rampant. He says, so beware that you are not fooled, for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am the anointed one. He says, and they will miss, and he says, they will lead many people a straight ladies, can I say this to you? You got to work. You got to be mindful. Got men and women. You got to be mindful of this, even when you're talking about getting in relationships. Because if you already know that they don't believe the same way you believe, you are already coming into it in division. How Why? How, why are we coming into it with division? Because you are two people coming into it with two different perspectives about the same thing. Division means two visions, two uh, ways of looking at the same situation. And if you already know that person don't believe the way you believe, you already know that you don't operate the same way that they operate. You already know that they don't want nothing to do with your Jesus, nothing to do with your God, nothing. they don't even want to hear anything about that situation. Why would you put yourself in a situation Oh, I believe I can win them. Can I put you up on something? They will have more influence on you than you will on them if you because this is because you're surrounded by what they believe all the time in the world. You, on the other hand, may be the only light in your community, in your house, on your job. And if you try to say, I'm gonna date this person, hoping to win them, they will slowly pull you over because the adversary is doing something very crafty in these last days and I'm gonna share this with you and this is where we're gonna stop. Jesus says he says they're going to they're leading many people astray he says Jesus said this he said you will hear of wars and revolutions on every side with rumor of wars to come don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of this world system is destined to happen it's going to happen, I mean people trying to say i'm going to save mother earth. You know, reduce it guess what's going to happen when it's all said, and done? the earth, as you know, will be, will be no more and he's going to he's going to begin again and you're putting all these resources and provisions. and the sad part about it years ago, it was global freezing now is global warming now it's back to uh, global warm i mean global warming and um, this is happening and that's happening and, and what you're saying is man is much smarter than what god is god says i build the earth to sustain life and you're saying man you're tearing up tearing up the world and all these things are going to happen that simply is not true he says it goes on to say this he says don't panic he says, don't let me give in to your fears, he says, for the breaking apart of this world system is destined to happen. He says, but it won't it won't yet be the end. He says it will still be an unfolding. He says nation will rise, go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be terrible earthquakes and horrible uh, epidemics and famines and place out place. Can I share something with you that he shared with me? When you're talking about kingdom against kingdom, we know because we teach about the kingdom of God, the kingdom means a king's influence on a territory. That's where the word kingdom means a king's influence over a domain. A domain means a torch, a territory. So you have the kingdom of God, God's influence over a territory. And then you have the kingdom of darkness, uh, uh, the king of uh, darkness, uh, influence over a territory. So what happens? So you got the God's kingdom, God's influence over a, over a nation, over a province, over a city, over a community, over over people. Right. Then you have the world's influence over a city, a nation, a province, a people. Okay. When you're talking about kingdom against kingdom, you got the kingdom of God, and you got the kingdom of darkness. And God's kingdom already always supersedes. The kingdom of darkness, but this is how the adversary is getting people tripped up into deception he's doing it through. ideologies see when you talk about kingdom against King you're talking about ideology against ideology see an ideology is a system of ideas ideals, especially ones which forms the basis of your economics or your political theories or your policies or your beliefs. So you're a person ideology is a person's as a system of ideas, especially ones which forms the basis of economic or political theory, policies or beliefs. So if the God has his word and when she says, this is my system, my way of doing things, but then you have the world says, this is our way, our system of doing things. Now you have two different ideologies, two different systems, of ideas and the, the polar opposite of one another. So the adversary is trying to convince you that his way of doing things supersedes what God's way of doing things is, which is a flat out lie because the adversary can't create anything new. All he can do is take what God already has pervert it to try to make it into something else. And what, but the thing about it is, God says, I've already said it, I set before you life, my kingdom, Way of doing things. The kingdom of God is set before you, but there's also a kingdom of death, the kingdom of darkness way of doing things. You, he says, I want you to choose life. He says, but you can, if you want, you can choose to go the way of death and turn away from God's way of doing things. It never said God took his way away. It says you have to consciously make a decision to turn away and follow another way. The battle is a, is about ideologies. The battle is over your is over your soul, which is your mind, will and emotions. What it is your filler, your chooser and your thinker same thing with his relationships when you see when if you understand god's way of doing things the kingdom of god's way of dating when someone comes up to you operating according to the kingdom of darkness because you're so familiar with god's way of doing that you will recognize that right away is it Man, get out of here you ain't got no play here man get out of here get out of here we ain't, we ain't we ain't up on that stuff but when you don't know how god sees you and that's what he did in those those 40 days that him and i was together he was, he was showing me who he was, what his love was about, but he also showed me who I was in him. When I understood who I was in him, when the world's way came back up, because not long after that, somebody from my past came back up talking that stuff, but because I now, I understood who I was in God, who how much God loves me, and, and who I was in him, when they came up, psh- Get out of here. I ain't even trying to hear. I wasn't nasty about it. I'm like, thank you, but I'm not that old guy. That guy you knew six months ago, or a year ago, that guy don't exist though now. I'm a brand new creation in him. And God says, that's what he wants for you today. He says, I'm beginning to point out to you about the great pretender and what he looks like and what his mode of operation is so that when he shows up, because you're so familiar with God's kingdom, his Influence on of God over a province, over a nation, over a city, or over a community. He says, when you understand God's way or God's system of influence over territory, he says, then you will easily be able to recognize when the kingdom of darkness is showing up and how you are to overcome it. Now, see, that's the same thing. And it all begins like this. It all begins with a word. Just like this. It begins with a word. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this, that the, that the word of God is not you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, it's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Remember, the beginning of this is awakened to the reality of for your salvation is a lot closer now than it was when you first believed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you have never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Oh, you might have already accepted as your Lord and Savior, but you know you haven't been living life for real, for real. I mean, you've been kind of hitting and missing, you know, going to church here, praying there, picking up your Bible, dusting off the dust and everything. No, 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 it's not about condemnation. The thing is, is, is today is your day one for you to begin again. How do you do that? Man, we're going to pray a prayer together in according to Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. And we're going to confess it out of our mouth because we're going to believe it out of our heart. And then salvation will come to our house in our lives today. Are you ready? Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he's the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. He was put in a grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I receive your offer of forgiveness. Right now, I'm born again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, or you pray that prayer in in our our rededication, man. We want to thank you so much for making the time, taking the time out to pray and spend time with us today. Now, what you asked the question. What do we do now, man? You need to get in a word-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God, and about the love of God. We know Ignite Depot is such a place. So join us each week here at six p.m. on each Saturday. Six p.m. on each Saturday to to, to to join us for a time of worship, a time of praise, and also for a right now word that will ultimately change your life forever. Also, hey, if you miss it on on Saturday. Catch us on Thursday because we'll we'll rebroadcast the same uh, broadcast on Thursdays at 6 p.m. But if you miss it or, hey, you know what, you don't have time to sit in front of the computer, man, listen to the podcast. Go to Ignite the Number 2 Life, Ignite the Number 2 Life podcast, and hear this and other messages uh, that we've already done before. Now, on behalf of Pastor Joanne and the Charter Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us today. And remember this, God loves you. And he wants you to return back to your first love. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. God bless you. Bye-bye.